0: Hi, and welcome to Talking with Cancer. I'm Katie and I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea in your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation.
1: Hello, my love. Hiya, Claire. Hiya. So (laughs) this is the end of season one recap. It is, we've done eight episodes, haven't we? And here we are wrapping wrapping up. up. Mm. So, and we're doing this just in case people don't want to go back to the beginning which we strongly advise they do go back to the beginning and listen from episode one but just in case you are you found us today via apple Podcasts, google or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts you've just arrived and you've just found talking with cancer we thought we'd just bring you into our story um quickly so katie why did you want to do this podcast
0: I love the way you say quickly because you know I just chat, chat, chat. <laughs> the speedy, trying. speedy,
1: the clock with is your on. <laughs> help,
0: with your help, I'm trying to condense it. Sorry,
1: back to the question. Back to the question. So, Katie, why did you want to do this podcast? I
0: wanted to do the podcast from from two weeks into when I was told I had cancer because I had so many people asking me what, what was going on and I found it really exhausting and stressful. To relay what was going on so I asked you didn't I yeah I asked you if you'd if you'd record a conversation with me that was literally it like can yeah. we sit down on zoom can we record our chat and I can send it out to people that want to know what's going on
1: yeah and so when were you diagnosed when did this story start so
0: it started on the 15th of February 2022 when I was told that I most likely had thyroid cancer but that it was quite confusing and quite complicated. And so it took quite a while for them to delve into my biopsies and test results and figure out exactly what kind of cancer it it was. So I think I probably got a proper diagnosis a couple of weeks later, end of February, and they told me I have a hobnail hobnail version of a thyroid papillary cancer with, wait for (laughs) it, the ROS1 fusion. And if you want to know more about that. You have to go back to the episodes.
1: Yeah, Ross One Fusion, which actually now I think about it, sounds like, <laughs> hello, Monty. Uh, Ross One Fusion does sound sort of like a, as we said, it does sound like some sort of um, off-menu item in a takeaway. Or a cocktail, <laughs> really actually, does. I think.
0: Yeah, and it requires, definitely requires a bit of something on, on the side, or it's a bit of a side dish, or I don't know, it's definitely on a menu somewhere, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And so you diagnosed in Feb, but when did you first start noticing symptoms And what were those weeks prior to diagnosis like for you? In all honesty, it was months. And
0: one of the things I think, I don't know, but I think it's quite common in in these situations is like, you know, people are like, why didn't I do something Mm -hmm. sooner? And I'm definitely one of those people. Um, So I had developed a cough and the cough was persistent, very persistent And I put the cough down to living basically like in a building site at home, having lots of building works done. And um, that was it. I just kind of thought it will go once the building works done, the cough will go. And then I saw a lump that was at the side, sort of towards the back left side of my neck. And I did go to a sort of family member who's a doctor and said, can you just have a feel of this? It was Christmas Day, I remember. And he said, oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's just a lymph node. So then fast forward to end of January, um, and it was like time to get all of this looked at because my husband was like, you know, Something's not, not right. happy. Yeah. yeah. Not happy with me. And that's when I really started to investigate. And I, I went to a chest doctor initially.
1: And the chest doctor led you to...? An ENT doctor. And an he ENT actually, doctor.
0: The chest doctor actually put me up for a load of tests quite mm-hmm. quickly, and it was really in one of those tests where I had a biopsy, and an ultrasound showed that something was up with my thyroid. And he said, "This is not. I is, I don't think this is a chest issue. This is a thyroid issue. I can see you've got an abnormal thyroid." So I just mm. thought, "Oh, okay." And so I had a few more tests, and then I went to see an ENT doctor. Um, a specialist by the name of Mr. Paul Stimpson,
1: and you're currently with the you're currently with the Royal Marsden now. I am. And, and And when did you start? When did you get your treatment? When did your treatment begin? So after your diagnosis. So I had
0: the diagnosis. I knew I had cancer, and for five weeks I was not on any treatment. So it took that long. It took five weeks of knowing I had cancer before they put me on the treatment. Now they have to get it right. They have to yeah. get the diagnosis right there were lots of confusion. Was it thyroid cancer? Maybe it was lung cancer. They saw a lot more than just one cancer in one place. They saw a Mm -hmm. lot of cancer in a lot of my lymph nodes around my neck, chest and lung area. And even like, yeah, to around my rib where I had ended up, I had a lot of pain there and it was actually a fractured rib that was caused from one of the tumors. So Yes so there was there was a big amount it felt like a lifetime that I wasn't being treated for but what happened was the initial team I had who were based at UCLH but also they were the same team as London Clinic so this group of doctors and consultants and specialists decided to get a second opinion at the Royal Marsden mm-hmm. because the hobnail the type of cancer that I have is so unusual that they just didn't know really what what they were looking at and how to deal with it so they basically said we're going to speak to the royal marsden who are like internationally re- renowned cancer hospital mm. and it was up to me did i want to move to the royal marsden and be looked after by them or stay with the original team and i thought well if they're going to them for a second opinion it kind of makes sense that that's Do where i'm going it? to be treated
1: Yep. and what is the name of your medication that you're, you're currently on
0: So I take a targeted chemotherapy, it's called. That's the type of uh, treatment I'm on. And I'm on a drug called ontrectinib. And ontrectinib is three pills I take every night. And they are basically shutting off the ROS1 gene. So my cancer was caused by a gene mutation. What turned that on? We don't know everyone's born with that gene and then your body naturally turns it off mine got turned on again so the drug I'm taking shuts off the gene which essentially is what caused the cancer but is also what the cancer has been living off okay so it's kind of been feeding the cancer so that's the pill that I take and I take it in cycles so every four weeks I get basically get a new prescription but
1: they call that a cycle Mm -hmm. and what was that like like and what's it been like taking it how have you, oh, how have you like yeah. cause I know you said you noticed it working like really, really quickly. quickly
0: yeah yeah and also just well just the relief first of all of going yeah. you know for that long without it and then and then starting it and yeah I mean now I am seven weeks into treatment um it's really I mean I I you know, it gives me fatigue, a bit of fatigue. It can affect, it cuts off your cognitive nervous system as well. So that means that I can get a bit tingly in my fingers, in my legs, in my feet, a bit sensitive to touch sometimes, get very, very funny sa- sensation in my mouth on my tongue. At First, everything tasted really bitter and now everything tastes really sweet. And that stayed like that for ages. Um, so kind of day to day, it's, it's a really great, Drug to live with for me. Everyone has, it doesn't, not many people take it, but Mm. like from what I hear, it can make people quite dizzy. And Mm. I've been off balance sometimes a little bit, but it's completely livable. The thing that it's doing inside to my body is that it can affect the liver and kidneys. So you have to get your bloods checked every two weeks. Mine are fine, but it can affect your heart and it has affected my heart. So Mm. it was probably like five or six weeks in. And this is also why you get the checks done. My cardiologist could see that my heart was was pumping slow, so that means that the drugs had been affecting the strength of my heart. So I do take a heart drug for that every evening. Yeah.
1: Okay, as well. Mm-hmm. And so twelve weeks in, or well, from diagnosis, seven weeks into to treatment, and how are you? How are you feeling?
0: Well, it's it's weird when you. Give it that timeline, because I kind of think like again, am I used to it now? Am I used yeah. to having cancer? like and there's definitely different stages you know, you definitely feel different stages of what you're ready to do, how am ready you are to immerse yourself into the world of cancer like so so there's that going on, so I think it's like I feel like I, I'm still really early in all of this, yeah. even though it feels like it's like it's, it's funny we talk a lot about time don't we claire
1: yeah. but i think when you're in something and you're living it you know tw- you know 24 hours a day day it, the time time stretches time time expands and it's it's really all consuming what you're doing so it probably doesn't feel like 12 weeks it probably feels like And a it's lot like at it, all no time at all as well it, like i mean the
0: way i've summed it up which just works really well is the way i describe it is everything's changed and nothing's changed. changed yeah
1: yeah and and going back to something else that if you followed this podcast for a while you know that comes up again and again and, and, and you said this to me the other day like this experience is very much learning how to manage like good news one day and bad news the next and sort of as I was paraphrasing like you know riding the waves of unpredictability how has that been for you and how have, and is there anything that's helped you do that I don't know. I don't know if you ever get used to it. I mean, when my
0: cardiologist told me about my heart, which was only last week, I was so upset. Mm. I was so, so upset. Yeah. And actually, it was really weird because Dinch had gone away with work. And I got the phone call and, you know, all of that was going on. And his flight got cancelled at a really last minute. He was at the gate. He was literally at the gate. So he came back home. And oh, I thought he, he was away and he got it got cancelled, so he couldn't Oh, because no, he could sorry. Come he literally was oh, just right. on his okay. way for a work trip and the flight got cancelled. He came mm-hmm. home. He said, I've got to leave tomorrow at 5am to get another flight. And I said to him, oh, really, are you sure you should go? I feel like there's a reason why your flight got cancelled, which is complete anxiety yeah. crap, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I cried that evening about my heart and he was yeah. there to, like, kind of hold, hold me. Yeah. And afterwards, I said to him, once he'd left, I said, I think that was the reason why, why you came home. Like, I yeah, just, yeah. you know, it wasn't really to, the really reason why them, like, this yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was like, yeah. I really needed you there. And I think I had these things where, like, the next day I woke up and I thought, I might be depressed. I might fall into a depression, which, by the way, I never have. I've never been depressed. I've never had, you know, I'm quite lucky. I know I'm lucky. I've never had mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I woke up the next morning thinking I could fall into a depression because... Yeah. What the cardiologist said to me was we don't want to take you off the entrectinib Right? If your heart's not working, that might, you know, he was basically saying like that might be an option. That really scared yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't want to really do so.
0: scared me. Yeah. So it was just the stark reality again. And I think that's what happens when you get bad news. It's like, you know, it's the reality of what this really is, what I'm really going what through, you're, what I'm you're, really, dealing, what you really with. dealing
1: with. Yeah. yeah. And and the other thing I think that comes up if you listen to this is, as well as sort of like you being willing to be so honest about how you're feeling, you know, emotionally and mentally and physically, like what people might not expect if you haven't listened to this podcast before is that we actually laugh quite a lot, thanks to your <laughs> thanks to your mum, and um, every episode so far has featured featured some bon mots, some a joke or some words of wisdom from or not so words of wisdom from Katie's mum. What do you, What is your? What is the wor, sort of worst, worst, best, the best, worst, funniest thing she said to you over over the last couple of months in relation to um cancer, your ca- cancer? I think I mean there's so many things, but I think when she said while we
0: were waiting for the treatment because early on they said we might be put on this drug, I, I might be put on this drug, I don't know who the weirds, um, mm-hmm. and she said, well, can't they just put you on chemotherapy in the meantime? Why why are you waiting? Why can't they just give you some chemo? And it was like. Oh, <laughs> Mum, it just doesn't work like that, so that cracked me up, but I want to ask you what was your favorite mum joke?
1: Oh, I think maybe, oh my gosh, there's been so many, but I think the one the one that sticks out in my head the most is um is Katie's mum's recipe for dead chicken soup um and if you haven't had Katie recite that, then you really should tune in and I think we have got the recipes on your insta as well, isn't it? I, th- I think but what that, was your favorite line in the recipe? Oh, remember this potage is a homely dish. No, there's nothing dry about this potage. It is a, yes. No, thank you very much. There's nothing al dente in this potage. It is a homely <laughs> dish. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, it's like, just remember, if you don't have teeth,
0: you can definitely You can
1: it. still sup this. You can still sup this in smoothie form. Um, so yeah, your, your mum has got some absolutely wonderful um, turns of phrase and that's, that's a real linguistic flourish all of her own to, um, to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And... I guess this goes back to what we were just covering earlier, but, and this makes me uncomfortable saying it because um, you've talked previously or mentioned previously in some of your posts about that people often talk about this experience as the gift of cancer, that it teaches you something um, Mm. and that you can, you take things away from it and it makes you look at life and yourself in a different way. And Mm. I just wonder if how you feel about that
0: expression. Mm. I get it. I totally get it. It doesn't feel weird for me at all. I think you know, you get told you have cancer and that's going to test you in so many ways. Mm. So you have to really dig deep into your resources to know that you can, you can pass that test and you can pass it with flying colours. Because mm. that's, you know, it's like I've said to you all along, like, I have a choice how I deal with this. And so I think the digging deep is like, you know, finding whatever gifts you can find in it and and I think it's about finding the meaning essentially that's what people are saying like I found the meaning in all of this and I haven't yet I can't tell you what that meaning is but I definitely know that the kind of the layers that I've already been peeling back about myself like on my own personal journey that you know Mm -hmm. I just am on have been on for a lifetime like there's the layers. There's so many yeah, more there's still layers more, now. There's still
1: more to go, and it always when is. I you get to
0: the root. I think yeah. you're always peeling that layers. So it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. interesting in that way, finding out more about myself and how I interact with people. But there's something. Some something seems to happen in this journey where, yeah, you
1: need to get to the core of of life and living. Or it accelerates stuff or re- or helps re- reveals more of the world and reveals more of the, your your true self to you. I guess through this. Through this process, whatever you know, yeah. And we've done how many episodes? This we've is our done eight li-
0: episodes, and this is our ninth stroke wrap ninth up episode. For season one.
1: So, if you had to, hello, lovely new listener who's who's encountered us for the first time and listening to our voices on this recap, if Katie, if you could direct them to one episode to listen back to, if they don't, if they can't spend eight hours with us, which I thoroughly recommend they do, but if they can't, what? would be one episode that you would like to direct
0: them to. I, I you know what Claire I can't, can't give choose. you an answer because can't they're all they're all part of my my journey so I'm so close to them and I think like yeah. you know when I think about us chatting from Istanbul and Portugal like yeah, yeah. there was so much life in yeah. you know these holidays that we were having and we still came together and like that was just amazing and vibrant I remember like we talked about death. In one of the episodes, that was really hard and like mm-hmm. really quite deep and emotional. Mm-hmm. I remember in another one, or it might have been that one. Like I read out a letter from my oncologist for the first time, which was yeah. also really hard to do. Um, you know, I
1: like they all we've badly explained epigenetics in another in another episode, really um, badly. And the doc had to come in and save us with a voice message about what what epigenetics actually was in a follow up episode. Um, yeah well recapped so yeah. you
0: know keep going because I can't even remember like all of them you know the first one was
1: you know really difficult and like the, real unknown territory but because I think that's also something that's worth it that, that like the worst is saying as well it's like the first time we talk in the very first episode that we ever did I'd only found out about your diagnosis fr- from a friend and that was the first time that we ever spoke face to face and and that's an important part of this podcast, I think, is because I sort of I hear I hear your story like at the same time as anybody else listening. And so and, and we've wanted to keep it that way so that well I I guess so that this is a sort of don't wanna overdo it, but it's it's your space to tell your story in your own way, in an immediate way, and exactly as you want, not something that we've rehearsed or planned. It's like very spontaneous and And you're so good. You're so good.
0: <laughs> no, you are because you just you know how to hold the space really, really well. So you're just the perfect person for you've it. Taught me, yeah. you've,
1: ta- you've taught me everything I need to know. Okay. No, I
0: don't think I get credit but, for that. Um,
1: but I think I think that we've we
0: you know when we've seen each other in between, which is not that often, we don't talk about me. No,
1: we don't. We, <laughs> do, we deliberately we don't deliberately. I was like I'm like blocking my ears. I don't need a I don't need yeah, a spoiler. Don't I give think, me a spoiler. <laughs> I think yeah. it's really natural. Yeah, and I think it's important. I don't think I've got any other questions in this wrap-up. It's a short one. Um, well done.
0: And you know what I can hear? Can you hear? I can can hear you hear? The, the doorbell's gone. So
1: just go on. The delivery drivers. On, do your bit the, and I'm going to put myself on mute. Okay. <laughs> put yourself on mute. Okay. <laughs> okay. No more questions. Just an invitation to come back and join us for season two, which will involve a lot more talking, a lot more mum jokes... And we've got a few experts lined up to come and talk to you just to fill in our gaps of knowledge because I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Katie's not a doctor. We're just two people, two friends that have known each other for, for 20 odd years and we're just trying to navigate our way through this. Well, I'm trying to help my friend navigate her way through this. So yeah, join us for season two. She's back. Okay, yeah, just one more question. One more question. Are like, you talking to yourself? No, I did talk to myself for a bit and I was like, this is really weird. I need you here. I just kind of trailed off and got really meek towards the end. One more question because you've just had a food delivery. Is there anything that you've popped in your basket that you are like, oh, I need a treat. I've got cancer. I'll just whack that in. Or or, or do you find yourself like, I don't know, ordering more antioxidant blueberries or uh, I don't know. What is, what is your treat of I, choice at the moment?
0: To be honest, I do these weekly shops, but... I could just buy everything on my high street, which I I also do. And when I'm doing that, I chocolate covered hazelnuts. Oh my god,
1: is that's it so good? What? Okay, who, there's who, a great wh-
0: shop called Sauce, and it's all your different seeds and rice and pasta and chocolate covered things, and all in those individual tubs. And you meant to, oh, you're brilliant. meant to refill. Okay. It's a refill station.
1: It's like a really handy like organic pick and mix
0: that's exactly what it is and we all think it's so new age but obviously it's how everything used to be yeah, yeah, do you yeah, yeah I mean? it's yeah, like yeah. going to a market um
1: so organic hazelnuts all right
0: yeah yeah but you oh, no know sorry not chocolate
1: covered hazelnuts yeah
0: chocolate covered hazelnuts which probably are organic but also i have i started reading this book which i'll talk about with you which is called cured and it's really is about how do we kind of, not heal the body with food, but just how important what we put in our body is. Yeah, let, let's... Monty. Whole... Oh, my God, I think he's got his treats. Monty, Monty a... come here. Come
1: here. It's like Hippocrates saying, let thy food be thy medicine and, and thy medicine be thy food. Like, what we put into our systems is so... Yeah. It's so and important. And it's all about the vegetables.
0: I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, but,
1: yeah, yeah. You know...
0: Full of antioxidants,
1: not full of really vitamins, good, yeah, good roughage. So we've got to care for our soil. So we can keep growing those vegetables. Anyway, on a bit of an eco note there. <laughs> yeah, and um, waitress
0: don't do bags anymore. And he's like, it's part of a greener living. And I was like, but isn't that we my How do they carry choice? it into your house, like item by item? In boxes. And then I open the front door and there's oh, just like boxes oh, like full a, of stuff. Oh, like and I'm like,
1: do you mind just helping me? in it. Yeah, can't do it. Um, right, and on that note, look forward to speaking to you again soon, Katie, and to everybody listening. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, tune in again soon keep listening
0: <laughs> love you thank you darling love you love too you. bye now bye bye
1: thanks for listening to this week's Talking With Cancer feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast Spotify or Google it could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer please get in touch we'd love to hear from you
0: Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com.
1: See you next time. Bye.